Here we go again. We're nearly there. We're nearly at the end. But we've got to go through another painful performance of the Dandy Dons. But fully recharged, I'm sure, after his trip to Budapest, is Callum back in the co-host seat after a thankful and really pleasant spell by Philip Mayer. I'm sure you're delighted to be back though, Callum. I am delighted, but thank you very much to Phil Mayer. More than a capable uh, deputy for for my good self. Uh, What a game to come back for that was. Uh, I think a week prior, I was enjoying eight goals uh, in Budapest at the Fenerich Varos game. Uh, Lovely sun beaming down on us, just £12 a ticket, could enjoy a beer during the game. And then back down to reality with that. There was more goals in that game than there was in actually the same amount as the last five Aberdeen games. Just a bit of perspective for you there. I was going to call it entertainment. Well, true. <laughs> but on a, on the anniversary of one of Aberdeen's most famous nights in their history, when, of course, Aberdeen defeated Real Madrid in Gothenburg, your dad was there, you made the... Rather curious decision to travel down to Perth and, well, I say curious, obviously, and Jess, well done to everybody that um, travelled to support the Dons last night. The club really don't deserve that level of support that, that um, made the journey to Perth. Um, any regrets around your decision to go, though, Callum? Um, yeah, there was there was some regrets that uh, hit in once uh, Callum Hendry did hit the back of the net, but it was just, uh, I thought, um, only, only two games to go. Why not? Driving down can finish full day's work. Don't need to, um, you know, waste any annual leave for it. Uh, I saw it a great time. Three pies in one game, two steak and chorizo once. Uh, those were probably the highlights. Good time. And that is our review of the game. There we go. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I suppose we should also congratulate Michael Ruth on making his first start for the club. Um, and in four day time, four days time, he'll be leaving the club. Mm-hmm. So short but sweet for Michael Ruth and also to Liam Harvey um, for getting his first appearance for the Dons coming on in place of Johnny Hayes later on in the second half. Johnny Hayes coming off with a hamstring injury. Also noting that Liam Harvey pulled out of the Scotland under 17 squad as they jetted off to Israel today. Um, I suspect that is because he'll be now involved in the game on Sunday against St Mirren. Um, Again, I suppose on the team news as well, no Calvin Ramsey um, continuing to have his calf niggle. Yes, mm-hmm. Jim. Again, I'm not sure how many people are believing you with that one, but it was a really strange team selection. Also, Adam Montgomery, remember him? He also got a start, proving why I don't want to see him at the club next season. It was, yeah, it was a bizarre lineup. Didn't expect to see him in it. And I think a couple of weeks prior, I said, what's actually happened to him? And um, I've seen them getting quite a lot of um, um, negative critics, um, justifiably so, but at the same time, not any worse than any of the rest of the frauds out there, really, was it? Uh, not really, no. Um, and I mean, I saw a few po- folks saying, you know, why did we not try something different? And I suppose it would have been the perfect excuse to try something different. And Marley Watkins, despite what Jim Goodwin said in his pre-match press conference that he was fit enough for Wednesday's game, also didn't make the squad as well. Um, so it left poor Michael Ruth with a quite thankless task being a lone striker. Um, probably raises question marks around the decision to rush Christian Ramirez back to the States. Um, whether or not that was the striker's decision or the manager's decision remains to be seen. Um, I don't know, it's kind of 
caused a lot of division amongst the support in terms of your opinion on that matter. Um, by all accounts, do you think if we'd kept Ramirez, it would have made any jot of difference last night? Um, well, it's not made made much difference in recent weeks, so not not really too fussed by all. Um, at the same time, last night we saw exactly what Ramirez has been getting sort of in most of his time here. Severe lack of service. Uh, I would commend Michael Ruth at times. Some of his movement looked pretty good, and something we've maybe not seen so much in Christian Ramirez. Uh, but honestly, little to no difference. There was no chances for our strikers. It's just very very poor once again, and as you said. Control C, Control V, just the same again. Yeah, and that's on performances and podcasts right now because mm-hmm. we seem to be talking about the same shite week in, week out. And that shite, obviously, is what is currently being served up on the pitch. I suppose when I say, you know, the game offered us the perfect opportunity or excuse to try something different, are you a bit maybe disappointed that Jim Goodwin didn't get a bit more ex- experimental in that game last night? Maybe a little bit, but at the same time, with what we've got now, and when he said, you know, we want to use players that are going to be our next season, there's not a lot of them about. I don't know what what else he could have uh, particularly done in all honesty. I maybe would have liked uh, some more of the youngsters, maybe get a bit more of a chance. Dylan Lobin on the bench as well. We maybe could have would have, could have came on as well, but I mean, I'm not sure that any experiments would have made any difference, mind you, to the result because still it would still be most of the same players out there, and the effort is just. So lacking, it's unbelievable. And it's not even like there's there's quality players there. They're, they've, they're currently talented to some degree. Otherwise, they wouldn't be employed by a professional football club at all. But the effort is what I'm questioning. The whole, and it's been that case for so long. St. Johnston wanted it more. There's a reason why they are in the where they are in the league, but I think we're lucky to not be involved in any sort of relegation scrap right now. Yeah, I'm trying to find the message you actually um, sent me last night on, on WhatsApp and you said there's good footballers out there but none of them can be ours. Yeah. Uh, and I think Jonathan Main, I saw him tweet last night as well, pretty much similar to what you've just said there as well. You can accept the defeat if the players actually put in uh, some decent effort into the, the performance but right now we're getting no ounce of effort from those on the park. I think that was kind of along the lines of what he tweeted out and kind of pretty much similar to what you were saying to me last night on on WhatsApp. And I think that's what really frustrates a lot of the fan base just now. And obviously it's a new experience for us being in the bottom six. Um, I know obviously safety has been secured, but come on to fuck, man. Um, I I mean, I don't know whether to feel sorry um, for the Dundee fans tuning in last night expecting us to try and put in a result. I mean, Chris, we've only... Um, won two away games all season and if you look back at them obviously one of them being at Perth was the as I said to Greg Browning on the last episode a hand of God moment from Teddy Jenks and then the other one Max Strzicek throwing the ball into the back net so to be honest we've actually been fortunate to pick up two away wins this season Certainly I mean I would have had no faith in uh, us to get a result had we actually needed one let let alone getting a result for someone else uh, with us sort of safe but I mean thank goodness Teddy Jenks did get away with that handball because if he hadn't things would be looking a little bit more sticky towards the back end of this season but uh, just so so poor once again Uh, it's just rinse and repeat I don't even know where to start and you mentioned there's some decent players out there and the, the lack of effort going in if these players are trying to play for you know a place next season, they're they're clearly not showing any of that 
And if they can't get a place here at 10th in the Premiership Aberdeen, where else are they going to end up? I hate to think what we're paying some of them, Bates and Gallagher in particular. Yeah, um, and I, I suppose on Teddy Jenks, um, do we say thanks for your services at the club? Um, well, thanks for securing one of our two away wins this season. Uh, another player that was kind of, I was going to say pushed, but I better, again, choose my words carefully, ushered out the side door very quietly in midweek uh, ahead of this game returning to Brighton, so won't feature um, this weekend. Uh, which now leaves out of the 10 summer signings we made, just two remaining as we go into the final game of the season. Quite remarkable recruitment this summer. No pressure, Darren Mowbray coming up um, starting first thing Monday morning, I'm sure. Um, maybe sadly for us, the two that are left are David Bates and Declan Gallagher. More on them in a minute. But um, yeah, just kind of sums up the story, sorry state of our season, uh, doesn't it, Cal? Absolutely, and I, I think we're just going to be kept very busy throughout the summer. <laughs> Need a signing a week at this rate. Um, <laughs> it's gonna, it, it'll be very, very interesting. I'm quite excited not only for the season to be over, but just to see how that goes. But also, I, I'm a little bit concerned given the amount of uh, leaks, alleged leaks. There's been uh, not hearing a lot of names linked, are we? Mm. Oh well, we're not. We're not blessed to be past information um, as other people are, but. Um, well, we'll wait and see and, you know, hopefully there are signings and um, that'll certainly create some content for us over the summer. We do have some um, already in the bank and some planned for um, come the end of the season. So do stay tuned um, for that. If you are new to the channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. Um, we are just nine subscribers away from 800 Um So, so close. So thanks for those of you that have stuck with us, joined us this season because... God knows we haven't had a lot of positive things to speak about, this game included. As you'll know, we're not really going to actually look at the game in particular because what is the point? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to depress you on this Friday that most of you will be tuning into this episode. Um, one thing before we look at the goal, though, Calm, because we do need to discuss that. Jim Goodwin himself, um, again, the result, performance, leaves a lot to be desired. I'm not not saying that people are calling for his head already, um, but do you feel there is a certain degree of pressure uh, almost building as we look ahead to the this season starting next in the, the Premier Sports group stages that for Jim Goodwin, he has to have a good group stages and has to hit the ground running in the Premiership. Otherwise, um, we could be seeing another change in the managerial hot seat if, God forbid, things go poorly it is uh, it's terrible he does need time and he does need you know a chance to recruit his own players but at the same time if things don't go well in that group stages um, if we somehow don't get through it and then also make a terrible start to the league season when that rolls around I can't imagine he'll be afforded too much time and with people already sort of mentioning those things that's sort of quite telling of where it is. So it's absolutely vital that he does get his own players in the door, players that will actually be effective and in a positive way, not a negative one, unlike most of summer's uh, transfer signings. And then, yeah, get get started well in that group stages. And I just, I don't, I don't want to see us sort of going through the gears in those group stages. We need to start off as we mean to go on. Whether that'll happen, yeah. I don't know. No, it's anyone's guess because we don't know who's going to be in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
come then is a big summer ahead obviously um, players potentially leaving the club and we've as you said no leaks and no information gathered on who's potentially coming in um, but you know I was doing a bit for BBC Scotland so if anyone was listening to BBC Scotland uh, uh, this morning might have heard my thoughts uh, depending how they've edited I suppose um, but I was asked about kind of how I saw the summer going um, and whether there is a pressure on Dave Cormack to back Jim Goodwin. But I feel not only is there a pressure on Dave Cormack, there's also a pressure on Darren Mowbray to deliver. We've gone and got a head of recruitment in specifically um, to you know identify talent that's going to improve this squad. Um, God knows we need improving. Um, so yeah, I think not only is there pressure on Dave Cormack, but there's also going to be pressure on um, Mowbray as well. Absolutely, and probably Stephen Gunn as well to help get those things across the line because there's been some criticism for him throughout this season too. Yeah, uh, true. Um, unfortunately, we do have to speak briefly about the game last night. Um, let's just speak about the goal because, like I said, there's really not much else to speak about that was that dreadful. Um, a goal that really sums up Aberdeen's season Um uh, come, coming at a time where we were looking okay, we were you know settled in the game, not causing St Johnson any sort of problems, but a goal that really came out of nothing. Um, poor, you know, I was kind of having a debate on Twitter this afternoon. Um, I think Mackenzie could do a lot better, gets caught up, up the pitch and doesn't really put in enough effort for me um, in terms of chasing back. David Bates, I know it's widely criticised or widely spotted that he could maybe actually put in more of an effort to stop um, Halberg to, you know, at least get the cross in. And then Declan Gallagher, who was going towards the ball and then realised he needs to go into the box, somehow doesn't pick up Callum Hendry and the ball goes through him and through Joe Lewis. Mm -hmm. It's just comical, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think we can all, I can certainly hear it. I'm sure everyone else tuning in can also hear it in your voice, how just fed up you are of this sort of goal. Because we've seen it time and time again. I think it's more of the season, not just the goal, yeah. to be honest. But yes, uh, yeah. pitiful. Yes, very true. I mean, Mackenzie's probably instructed to get up high up that park and offer us some width mm-hmm. uh, from the fullback area. But his, yeah, his efforts in terms of getting back and, you know, preventing the attack or just to support his um, his centre half's very questionable. Uh, then you've got David Bates, just so unbelievably powered up. I've said it on Twitter, couldn't tackle a fish supper right now. Yeah. It's oh, it was just embarrassing to watch that attempt. And then Declan Gallagher, not tight enough to his man uh, t- to either block the shot or then also um, or, or get there ahead of Callum Hendry. But then also just blocking Joe Lewis, who's a little bit unsighted as well by him. Just totally useless. He might have actually been as well, just not being there. Uh, And I'm only talking about the goal, not just this season. Just (laughs) unbelievable. He's not looked like he's wanted to be there this season. We are dreadful at defending. It's comical. Jim Goodwin thought he could fix it. Got a lot of work to do this summer. That's another thing he has to do. Just an effort. And then also Declan Gallagher notably just storming straight down the tunnel after full time along with the rest of them other than Joe Lewis and Jim Goodwin, which was just pathetic when people have spent so much money throughout the season, spent so much time and so much effort going down supporting the team. And that is the type of 
Results, they shove up everything single time, essentially. Pathetic again. Yeah. Um, pathetic really does sum up most of our away performances this season. But I know on the point about fixing that defence, just one clean sheet that Jim Goodwin's managed to keep um, in his tenure so far. And again, that was against a Dundee team who are coming up to Pataudry looking to kind of fight for their lives. And we scraped past them thanks to a Lewis Ferguson penalty. But, you know, that's not a, a, a on Jim Goodwin. It's obviously a big job he's got in the summer as well because, let's be honest, we've only kept seven clean sheets over our whole season. Um, so that really is something that needs to be worked on next season is stopping teams scoring because not only when we do concede last night, you know, it felt like that key, you know, footballing cliche, the first goal's huge. Uh, and, you know, it kind of felt like as soon as St. Johnson scored, I, I never saw us winning the game but mm-hmm. once St. Johnson took the lead. But, um, you know, even in the kind of first five, ten minutes after going behind, I never saw any sort of desire to even look like we want to get back into the game. Um, hardly paid attention to the second half. Um, I mean, there wasn't really much to take note of, but yeah, uh, roll on two o'clock on Sunday when this season is, is finally over. I know, I know, honestly. And I've just been thinking even more and more about centre-halves. Two right now, clearly not good enough, letting our beloved Andy Constantine go and already let Mikey Devlin go. Russell Crowley, who knows he might be needed in all 11 positions at this stage. And Luke Turner also being let go, a decent young prospect, which seems very, very bizarre. But oh, I'm just fed up. I can't wait yeah, for this whole thing to be over with. Well, I think putting Mikey Devlin in that category is a bit harsh, given we've not seen him for um, two years. But the Luke Turner one's certainly a strange one, given he's you know picked up a couple of awards in Northern Ireland, finished uh, a point off winning the league as well, won the cup as well. Uh, I think you said he's going for a trial in Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems strange that we're not even giving him a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Goodwin, I know obviously he kind of knows the Irish market reasonably well. So whether he's had some reports back from there, but you know, certainly what you see on social media um, regarding Luke Turner is is, is very positive. So um, a strange one, hopefully. It doesn't come back to haunt us, but um, we'll, we'll see on that. Um, in terms of Sunday, though, I don't really see there being much point in us previewing the game as a whole because we'll just be, might as well just copy and paste most of the previews we've done. So what we'll do, Callum, is we will look ahead or maybe look back on Andy Constantine's time at Aberdeen um, and kind of get some favourite memories of the um, defender um, who set to bow out of Pataudry. He's currently sitting fourth in the all-time appearance list, 562 appearances for the Bankery Beckenbauer. And 10 years after Darren Mackey bowed out against St Mirren in a meaningless game, Andy Constein is set to do the same this Sunday. Um, hope we're not tearing up there. I'm close. Mentioned that marketing. I remember, uh, so I was 12 years old and we had a we made a banner. There's only one Darren market of pen and paper. I started to together, and similar might be needed uh, for the game against Andy Constein. It's just really, really, really sad, isn't it? I, I've not quite come to terms with it yet. I mean, 18 years of service has been around since I remember. I remember playing in Football Manager 2007. And he was he was about, and he you called him up from the reserves then. 
it's just ups- it's just upsetting. And the fact that the season's going to end like this, his career at Aberdeen's going to end like this. It's not how it was meant to go. Well, what also we're not sure how it's meant to go is Sunday itself in terms of Andy Constein's involvement, given that Jim Goodwin came out and said that he's only fit enough for half an hour. Mm. Um, do you let him captain the side to lead them out and then sub him off after half an hour? Hope that he can adrenaline can see him through, or do you bring him on for the last half hour? I, I mean, there's definitely people going on Sunday purely to bid farewell to Andy Constein. Um, not looking at anybody in particular. Thankfully, there's no mirror um, here. Um, but it, it would be weird to just bring him on just for the last couple of minutes, wouldn't it? I think it would be very bizarre. I, I honestly don't know how it will go. I mean, I, you'd probably like him to start the game with the captain's armband. And then maybe he can get, you know, that sort of applause after half an hour whilst there's people still there, um, let's be honest, as well. But at the same time, maybe if he doesn't start, and then it might be nice where he can maybe do somewhat of a lap of honour towards the end of the game um, if people, you know, are still there. Um, it, it's a real catch-22. It's just a shame he, he won't be fit to play the 90. To be honest, don't care if he's not fit to play the whole 90. Play him the whole 90. He can't be any worse than some of the other lumps we've got back there. Yeah, he'd probably still, you know, you, you know, the thing about Bates not putting in the effort to um, foul Hallberg. Constantine would do it on one leg or not. Mm-hmm. Um, on Constantine, though, obviously said 18 years of service. What sticks out for you as some of your favourite memories of Andy Constantine? I mean, three in particular. One, non-footballing one. I think everyone knows the one we're talking about. Yes, yeah. like a boogie video. Um, it seems like an absolute... Whirlwind two years for him having helped Scotland get to the Euros to then now leaving Aberdeen and he doesn't know what he's going to do next or we don't know what he's going to do next and in terms of on the pitch obviously naturally there's the hat trick at Dens I mean nobody could expect it but if you had to hand pick a player to get a hat trick you probably would have picked him over the years and also mm-hmm. at, um, Parkhead scoring the goal to help us mm-hmm. seal second um, not quite still not sure what he was doing up there but for a centre half that sort of turned left back and still his mobility being questioned, being up there, applying a fine finish, sending the away crowd wild, fantastic. And then also me meeting him in Prohibition later that night to get a photo with him. Those are my standout memories of Andy Constein. But there's been many, many over the year. And for a season where we've questioned a lot of the players' um, commitment and effort, people can question the Constein's ability perhaps, but those are two things that never, ever, ever lacked with that man and it's just heartbreaking that that's the end of it you know what's funny though all the memories most of us will have on Andy Constein are his goal scoring exploits which says a lot given he's a defender whereas you know I think back to like Russell Anderson you think of the the tackle he made on on Thomas Gravison as a standout memory there's maybe more defending sort of memories I don't know if that says more about Andy Constein in terms of his defending or just what makes Andy Constein memorable as a local lad scoring for his boyhood team um, I, yeah, in my memories, I've also got that that hat trick down. I mean, I don't think you'll ever see a seventh goal celebrated as wildly or anybody wanting somebody to score a seventh goal as much as everyone wanted Considine as soon as that free kick was being taken. I'd completely forgotten about that that Parkhead game um, until you mentioned it there. Was, that was a, a really good finish. 
Um, I also put down um, his last-minute goal that he scored away to Queen of the South in the Scottish Cup back in February 2012. Um, I remember it being um, a cold night and he whacks his top off as he bundles the ball in, um, which, I mean, ultimately didn't bring us a trophy. Um, we got knocked out in the semi-final uh, against Tibbs, that uh, infamous Rory Fallon goal game. Um, but for me as well, one of my, my memories is the um, first time we played Rijeka away. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because was it brutally hot, but that um, that was at their original ground and their kind of imperious home record that they had going into that game. And not long after the water break, I think it was when we got the, the corner and rising like a salmon at the back post was Andy Considinha, as I think the Croatian commentators called him, and nods in at the back post to just spark absolute bedlam um, in that way. And then, I mean, I'll never forget that trip uh, um, in general, but um, yeah, for me, that was that was a great moment for him to, to go and nod us in front in that game. And um, what set up was probably one of the most memorable away European performances of, of recent times. And I think, you know, I mentioned Russell Anderson um, just a couple of moments ago. I think it was also sad for Considine is that he's only leaving with one trophy um, mm. in, in his time at Aberdeen. Um, we should have definitely had more, um, f- not just not just for him, but in, in general in, in that time. And okay, just obviously wasn't meant to be, but I guess we can both just thank him for the service that he's put into this football club and, you know, lives or has lived both of our dreams. Exactly. And, and many, many more. And I think you saw that every time he, he, he took the field as well. Um, we did sort of skip over some of his defensive work at times though, but <laughs> I, to be fair, there's a reason he ended up in that Scotland squad. And okay, there was centre-back injuries, but he was that caliber player. And I'm also just happy that he ended up you know, did, he did end up getting to pull on that Scotland shirt. Um, my friends bought me uh, for, for my birthday a Constein 23 Scotland top, which will be worn proudly uh, this summer uh, attending the Scotland Games. Um, I might might be a tear in my eye every time I do pull that on, but I think that's just something else. I, every sort of Aberdeen fan that, I, that I'm aware of, when he did make that Scotland debut, and he actually played well, and other people started to fall in love with him when he, you know, the yes or I can boogie thing kicked off in terms of Scotland. I just felt like a proud father watching my son, you know, score his first goal or something like that. It was unbelievable. The way the way the Scotland dressing room bounced around him celebrating that night in Belgrade was uh, would bring a tear to a glass eye um, for those inclined um, following the national team. And um, um, well, certainly in terms of games I'm looking forward to is that game on the 1st of June again against Ukraine. But it will be... Um, a sad moment to see the curtain come down on Andy Constein's career, but I think more so in the manner that it's mm. come down, you know, the way his contract situation was handled. And as, as you said, you know, a bit earlier, the way this kind of season's panned out as well, it's really a damp squib. I don't expect there to be a good crowd. You know, Sunday lunchtimes never really draw a great crowd, let alone it's um, a meaningless game um, in the bottom six. And because I think a few folk are only just going. Um, for Constantine, but well, we'll see what we have to talk about after Sunday's game. But um, if you have memories of Constantine um, in your time watching Aberdeen, leave them in the comments below. Tweet us at RTG underscore podcast as well. Um, Callum, it's been great having you back on the show. Um, I hope you enjoy your Miami Heat tonight as well. 
Um, and we will be back on Sunday, Monday, looking back at the Samiran game. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really, really can't wait for that. Said with so much passion. <laughs>